Father, I just pray that as I just share these few thoughts, that the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God will touch our hearts, that you'll trans- not only bless us, but transform us in this hour. Help me to be clear, concise, and Lord, in tune with you. I pray that people will be come into a connection with you, people will be healed, and people will be set free before this half hour is finished. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Let's just read uh, a scripture, uh, Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 to 5, and I think we'll read it together. This is one of the great things, putting it on the overhead. And we'll start with the, the first words, the disciples. Let's see if you've got it. Yeah, the disciples came. Are we ready? Shall we read this together? The disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I will tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. Isn't that a wonderful scripture? Praise God. And wasn't it wonderful to see these beautiful children coming out and their parents putting them into the hands of God? Uh, And it's so important. I remember when I was in Zimbabwe, um, and we had animism was was in the village that I was in, and they would dedicate the children onto ancestral spirits. And so when I came to Brit back to Britain, I thought it's vital that our children has the touch and presence and protection of God upon them. Praise God, and what you've done, parents, is to be commended. Let's just give God thanks with a a round of applause for that. Amen. So important to place our children in the hands of God. But you're God's child. You might be not walking close to him. You might not even be aware of him. Um, But, you know, when you were formed in your mother's womb, it was because... God had planned for you to be his child. And the question I would ask you is, um, like these babies, like these children, will you place your life in the hand of God today? At the end of this service, I'm going to pray a prayer to say, God, I'm handing my life into your hands. I want you to be my Lord, Savior. I want you to wash away my sin. I want to be able to know that I'm going to go to heaven when I die. I want to know that I'm delivered from judgment and hell. I want you to transform my life. So if you've never done that, um, I want you to consider praying that prayer with me at the end of this service. You know, because when we do that, he does wipe out our sin. You know, we all have deviant personalities in one way or another. Some are bad, you know, like you get anger. 
but some of you are quite socially accepted, fear or worry. And we all have different parts of our personality. Well, the, the Lord wants to change us and wipe out our sin. And he wants to wipe out the shame of our past. Maybe things have happened to you. And God wants to wipe it out. Not only wash away your sin, but wipe out your past. And start to rebuild your life and change you into the person that he wanted you to be. Into the, because you're his child. And he, you know, um, one thing about these children was, as we were looking at them, they all like, looked like something like their mum and dad, didn't they? And God wants you to look like him. Amen. He wants to transform you into his identity. You know, we talk a lot about identity. Who are you? What do you feel like? The real identity that the gospel presents is deformed into the likeness of Jesus. Amen. And um, I need to experience, you know, if you hand your life over to God, you'll experience a better life than you could possibly imagine. You know, because the devil's got a plan for you. The devil wants you to be his child. In fact, you hear about parents stealing, uh, uh, in, in hospitals with the babies, and then the babies get stolen. Not so much in this, this country, but they do. The babies get stolen. And maybe some of you have been stolen by the enemy, by the dark person. The devil wants to steal you. He wants to steal you. He's a thief and a robber, and he wants to steal you. And he wants to blur and mess up who God formed you to be. But you know, but God has planned for you to look like him and to live life and life more abundantly. And the other thing is, he wants you to, when you're in the hand of God, you live under his uh, protection. You know, and that's why we get presented these babies. It's to live under the protection of God. We're living in a world where we need the protection of God, not only on our children, on our lives. And when you ask, say to God, God, I want to be your child. I want to dedicate, I want to just put my life into your hands. You're actually putting your life into the hands of God who will protect you, who will be a shield about you and the glory of your head, the Bible says. You live under the shadow of the Almighty Instead of the shadow of fear and death and guilt and regret. And you will receive eternal life. Something will take off inside you. It's a little bit like your life's a candle. Uh, you know, I talking to my friend who said, my neighbor who, this week who said he was an atheist. Well, when we got talking, he wasn't an atheist at all. He was an agnostic. Yeah, that means I'm not sure whether there is or there isn't a God. I'm not aware of God. That might be you. And we're all like that, you know, before we know God, because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible says he was the light that lights every man that comes into the world. And we've all got a candle in our life. 
and some of the candle, it, uh, candles are not lit, so we don't have an awareness of eternity, infinity, um, and the miraculous power of God, but then God touches the candle with his light. Amen. Amen, and that's what God wants to do. And he wants to come and light eternal life into you, a perspective that makes you realize that there's something supernatural, something miraculous, something infinite, something eternal going on. He wants to bring eternal life into your, into your heart so that you know that you're going to heaven. Do you know that you're going to heaven? Well, the Bible says when the Spirit of God comes, he, he, is, he is like um, a deposit of the fact or a receipt that you will be assured a bit of heaven has come in you. So you know there's heaven because it's already come inside you. God wants to light the light that lights every man that comes into the world. And he wants you to know that you're delivered from eternal judgment so that when you pass from this life into the next life and you're standing before the Lord of glory and the judgment throne of God, you've got a solicitor alongside you. The Bible calls it advocate. It means barrister. And that barrister is Jesus. So if the devil turns up and says, that David Latham shouldn't be here. I've got a barrister called Jesus Christ who steps in and says, wait a minute. He's coming in because of my blood and righteousness. You were meant to be a child of God. God's got a plan and a purpose for you. And in this story, um, so, you know, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He says, he says this, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. He says, but if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. Let's say that together. You shall be saved. Look at somebody and say this, you shall be saved. So at the end of this, I'm going to pray a prayer that I want you to pray out loud. I'll get everybody to pray with you so you can hear your voice. You don't need to shout, but as long as you hear your voice, because with confession is made salvation. Okay, so we're going to do that. And uh, God is going to wash away your sin. He's going to erase your past. He's going to build your future. And he's going to recreate your life. Now, when in this story, in this story here, Jesus was having a problem with his disciples. This is just one, one there's four Gospels, and it reports a bit more of it in other parts. They were having an argument. They were walking along the road. And he could hear them moaning and arguing. And it was along the lines of, I'm better than you. I'm more important to Jesus than you. In fact, 
when we get things sorted out, I'm going to be the boss around here. In fact, two of the disciples must have been quite argumentative people. Because Jesus noticed their behavior patterns and called them the sons of thunder. Imagine having a leadership team with two sons of thunder in it. You're going to have a great leadership team, aren't you? Sons of thunder. And it was James and John. And he got, they got his, their mother to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, uh, can, our, can our Johnny and Jimmy be the, the top of the pile in your kingdom? So there's all sorts of agendas going on. There's a self of self-importance. There's a self, there's, they're focusing on what their own way. They want to be center stage. They're focused on themselves. Jesus noticed this is childish behavior. And unfortunately, one of the things that can be stolen from Christians is their childlikeness. And God, Jesus, called a little child and said, look, I don't want you to be selfish, but I do want you to be childlike. And so this message doesn't just apply for people who want to make a connection with God. I want to tell you now, I've lived a long time, I've been a Christian 60 years. And I've watched many, many Christians lose their childlikeness. And when you lose your childlikeness, you lose your power, you lose your authority, you, you, you lose your Christ, Christ-likeness, the presence of God comes off your ministry. And so constantly we need to as Christians, look at these kids and say, am I like I was when I first met Jesus? Be honest. Or have you, have you decided, well, I, well I, I've, I'm saved now, so I'll just live like I can. Or I've got my agenda. I've got my plans. I want to be the top dog. I want to be the person in focus. I want to be this, that, and the other. I want God to fit, the rubber stamp my will. If that's you, you need a little child in front of you. You need to get back to A, B, C again. And if it, I don't want to judge you because that's what I regularly pray, probably on a weekly basis. Lord, will, if, I've not, if I've moved away from being childlike, will you, will you just do something in my heart? I usually say, well, you, you, never, you never saved me because I was brainy. Amen. You know, and when I first came to Jesus, when you first came to Jesus, what were you like? You weren't full of your own opinions. You just wanted to know Jesus and you wanted him to come and wave after wave come upon you. And if you, if you have that approach, I'm telling you, you will move from glory to glory. You will increase in authority and power. You will start to see the miraculous breakout. You'll even see angels starting to overshadow you.
You know, I was praying like this when I was in London last week. And the guy, I, I phoned him to see how it went, how they felt, you know, how he was this yesterday. And he said, you know, one of the, one of the children and the parents said they seen, saw angels on the stage. Amen, lights, light, glory, it's called. God wants to come upon you, and this is the way it happens. You just get back to ABC. You don't get ABC in your knowledge. You just, in your heart and your attitude. Who wants to be a child of God? You already are, but really you've got to get back to him. Amen. We all need to keep our hearts childlike for God to touch our lives, to be transformed, to receive God's favor, to receive good things from God, to feel his presence on our life. This, we are all called to be ministers, and this is what we're to minister. Not just talks. The talks are incidental. God wants you to carry his presence. Amen. He wants you to radiate his lightness and his love and his kindness and his joy and his forgiveness. And it's easy. You just need to become a child again. Not childish, childlike. Seven traits of a child. Seven little traits that you're getting childlike or I'm getting childlike. Uh, seven tra traits of a child. They believe everything their father tells them. Amen. I mean, sometimes we tell them a load of rubbish and they believe it, don't they? Like, oh, you've lost your tooth. Tooth fairy's coming tonight to give you some money. It's a fantasy, isn't it? They believe everything. Say everything. Everything. It's dangerous. But your God, your, our Father God wants us to believe everything he said in that Bible. Amen. Never mind if he created the, day, the world in six days. He wants you to believe he's got the power and capability to, to create everything again in six seconds. Because we're not dealing with logic. We're dealing with miracles. Amen. Another tra trait. They believe their dad can do anything. I mean, they get disillusioned very quickly. But initially, they think you can do anything. God, Jesus wanted his disciples to be like this, to believe God could do anything for them. God can do anything for you. You're his child. He loves you. You belong to him. His, he just wants to pour his love and his favor on you. The other thing about children is they never worry. 
You know, when my children were small, I never ever remember them asking me once, what, what was the bill you got from British Gas? <laughs> never! In fact, I'd say to them, you think money grows on trees, don't you? And this is the way it is that God wants you to know, never worry. Your problems, when you become God's child, your problems become his problems. The reason they never asked me or Sue about the bills, because they never worried about them, because in their head it was already paid for. Amen. You actually might be worrying about the gas bill. Well, a little bit of a help besides Rushi Sunak is actually to make God your father and let you become his child and he'll sort the gas bill out for you. Amen. And he might use Rishi to do it. Hallelujah. They rely on their parents to teach them and help them. They're always saying, why is this? How did that happen? How do you know there's heaven? Um, Who is Jesus? Um, You know, why why does the light shine off that thing? Why does... They're always asking you questions because they expect you to teach them. They learn from their parents initially. And we've got to be taught of God. We need to ask more questions and listen rather than tell God how it is. We need to say, God, what do you think about this? Why is that going wrong in my life? Uh, how, How can I help that person? You know, so God wants you to have a teachable spirit. I'll tell you this. I nearly lost my ministry. Because after 10 years, I thought I knew everything. And God had to almost destroy me and bring me back to nothing again. Say, I can't even breathe without your help. Let's say this. I can't do this without you. Let's say that to God. I can't do this without you. You've got to say that to God. I can't do this without you. And you know what he'll say? I never intended you should. Isn't God wonderful? He's your heavenly father. He loves you. Put your life into his hand. They need a... Children run to their parents for affection and love and and assurance. And they don't just do it, oh, last year I already did it. You know, like little Alice, I'm sure she doesn't go up to Kathy and James and say, well, I had a cuddle last year, that'll do me for life. (laughs) My wife says, you're always saying this to God. And I say, yeah, I need God's assurance every day. 
I need him to tell me he loves me every day. I need his kiss on my life every day. And we've got to realize we need God to tell us that. We need, when we pray and you say, God, I need you to tell me you love me every day. You told me five times yesterday, but I need you to tell me today. This is what children do. They run to their parents when they're hurt. They fall over and they scrape their knees or they hit the chin on the floor and the blood starts coming out. What do they do? They run, crying. And mum or dad puts a plaster on, a bit of cream. You know, when we're hurting, instead of sitting there hurt, run to your heavenly father and say, I'm hurting about this. This person said something to me about this. This person did this to me. My whole world's come crashing down. I've fallen flat on my face. What you've got to do is got to run to him and pray and say, God, I'm hurting. Don't say, oh, I'm the model Christian. I'm the model Christian. No, God, it's me again. I need a plaster on my heart because I'm hurting right now. I'm hurting right now and I'm coming to you and I ask you for the balm of Gilead. The oil of joy for the spirit of mourning. And lastly, I'll finish with this one. They don't bear grudges and they forgive easily. Have you ever noticed with kids, you know, they, they have a big do? But within, sometimes within seconds, but sometimes within an hour. It's all forgotten. They're thinking about the flower pot men or whatever it is. They don't sit down all day thinking, my dad was horrible to me today. They will feel like that for the first 30 seconds. But you'll find with little children, it's all forgotten. It's all forgiven. And you know, one of the things that can mess up your heart is to say, God, I'm going to forgive others because I want you to forgive me. If you've forgiven me for things this, then I can forgive others for that big. Amen? That's why Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others that trespass against us. It's, it's self-beneficial to f let it go. Let it go. Say, God, put the memory and the hurt and the pain. Well, go for a plaster. I'm hurting about that, what they said, or they did. But I'm coming to you and I'm forgiving them. I don't feel like I've forgiven them, but I'm forgiving them. And just so you can sort it all out for me, I'm coming to you, I'm going to sit on your knee, and I'm going to, you're going to put a, put a plaster on that little cut in my heart.
Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Jesus saying right now, will you come to him? Will you give him your heart? Will you put your life in his hands? Will you say, Jesus, I want you to wash away my sin. I'm sorry. I want you to come into my life. I want you to make me a, a new person. I want to be your child. I want to follow you. And if you're a Christian, just say, God, I want to be, get back to the basic A, B, C, and that's I'm just your child. I'm just your daughter that runs in, in your presence, that looks into your face again, that feels your touch upon my life. Forgive me for getting a, becoming a crusty Christian and getting old in my spirit. Some of the greatest childlike people I know been 70 and 80 so it's nothing to do with that and some of the oldest inflexible uh, crustiest people can be 16 or 17 because I was like that at 16 and 17 but wherever I am I want to be a child in your presence let's just pray As I said, Jesus said, let the little children come unto me. And then when they came, it says he laid the, his hands on them. He stretched out his hands and he touched them. So I'm going to ask for those who want to know God and say, God, I thank you, I'm your child, but I want to put my life into your hands. And as you pray this prayer with me, God's going to stretch out his hand and he's going to touch you. He's going to touch you with eternal life. Some of you he's going to touch with physical healing. Some of you are, have been really affected and he's going to touch you with being released from things. I'm going to pray this prayer to receive Jesus and to wash away your sin. And I want you then, I want then to pray a general prayer over the church so that the Lord will make us all childlike again. Would you pray with me? I'm going to pray out loud because if you've never prayed this prayer before, uh, the church will pray with you because it's important that you confess with your mouth so that you hear your own voice. Okay, just hold back the children while we do this. Just hold back the children, Kathy. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray this together. Dear God, come on, you pray it, because God's speaking to you. Dear God, I thank you that you're my father. And I'm your child. And I place my life into your hands. I ask you to wash away my sin. To remove the guilt of my past. 
and make me a new person that looks like you. Will you help me to follow you by giving me the same Holy Spirit that made Jesus who he was? I give my life to you. I ask you for eternal life so I go to heaven and not hell. I receive forgiveness and not judgment because of your blood and your righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Just hold them there. If you pray, keep your eyes shut, please, because I want to just pray for people. I'm going to pray for people now. If you prayed that prayer and you really meant it, would you please just, while everyone's eyes are closed, just quickly indicate with your hand. Just lift your hand if you prayed that prayer. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes, quite a few. Any more? Yeah, okay. Keep your hand up. I'm going to pray over you. And God is going to touch you. Anyone else? Father, just reach out to these people with their hands raised. As you said, as they brought the little children to them, you, you put your hands upon them and you touched them with glory and grace and forgiveness and salvation. And Lord, just move upon these people in incredible ways in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to pray now for everyone. Father, we ask you, in fact, we can pray this together. Father, I ask you to never abandon becoming, being childlike. I want to know your presence. I want to feel your favor. I want to carry your glory. I thank you that you're my father and I am your child. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to hand over to Paul. Thank you, Kathy.